Hello and welcome to Extraordinary with me, James Wallace, the podcast that shines a light on ordinary people who have gone on to do and see extraordinary things. And in this episode, I'm joined by entrepreneur, podcast host and all-round hero, Gabby Mendez. I think, you know, I think every 20-something should be proud of what they've achieved. Like, we're we're all learning, we're all growing and, you know, everyone is doing, you know, brilliant things, even if you don't feel they are brilliant you absolutely will be making at least someone else's life, you know, a joy. Gabby tells me how she went from teaching to working in events before starting up her very own business at the beginning of the pandemic. You don't even realise that your network is working for you every single day of the year. That invisible PR, like the more people that you can share your story with, the more people that you can speak to and support. Like, I also feel like I try and support the people who... I connect with in as many ways as I can. Talk 20s has taken the podcast world by storm and it is an ever-growing podcast and now a business in its own right. Helping 20-somethings navigate the minefield that is adult life. You know, a lot of social media is about everyone's like smashing life and doing great things and doing amazing things. It's very hard to avoid that kind of side of social media. You're always going to get that. And I think that puts a definite certain amount of pressure on young people to be achieving xyz and then you're just scrolling and and someone's just bought a house or they've just had a baby or they've just been promoted and you're like oh my god in this moment i'm doing nothing like with my life gabby and i touch on so many topics from podcasting to marketing to mindset to social media to enterprise and so much more Like, I want to be that person that brings up another person's name in a room. Gabby has resilience and determination like no other, and it was an absolute honour and privilege to sit down with her to talk about her startup journey and how she got to where she is today. Because it's those small moments that often are really big signals that you're doing a really good job. So I have a little folder on my phone that's called, like, the Hype Files. Um, It's like a screen... I just screenshot, like, it's just screenshots of things that have happened that I think are good. And whenever someone sends in a nice message about your podcast, James, or, like, you know, sends you a message, be like, oh, I saw you on XYZ, or a little reason to go, someone's actually thought really highly of what I'm doing and what I'm building. Screenshot it, put it in the Hype Files, right? If you enjoy this episode, please don't forget that it literally takes two seconds to leave a rating or a review from wherever you're listening from. And it really does mean the world to me. It helps the podcast keep going and growing. And yes, if you could share it with friends and family as well, that would always be greatly appreciated. So with that being said, and without further ado, enjoy the show. So Gabby Mendez, thank you so much for being here today. I have been looking forward to this one for such a long time. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to, to be on your podcast. True honour. Thank you. No, honour is absolutely all mine. So for those who don't know who you are, and if they don't know who you are, like baby, they should look themselves in the mirror and question their life choices. But tell everyone who you are and what you do. Oh, thank you. Um, that was a very kind intro. I don't know if I'm worthy of, but um, but yeah, like my name is Gabby and I've, I founded a company called Talk Twenties. And essentially what we're aiming to do is bridge the gap between school and university and all the stuff they didn't teach you about adult life and the big wide world. Basically, we do that through our podcast, the Talk Twenties podcast, and also through our platform where we share helpful tips, advice, guidance on how to live your best life in your 20s. And it's advice that I wish I had when I was in my 20s. I'm no longer in my 20s anymore, which is sad. 
I've heard lots of people say that their 30s are much better than their 20s. So maybe what Talk 20s is setting out to do is to maybe make people's 20s much better than they need to be. Yeah, for sure. Because I think a lot of people have a lot of challenges in that early bit of adulthood, like figuring out who they are, what they're going to do in this world, like where they fit in, managing your finances, standing on your own two feet. Yeah. So many different things. And just no one really talks about how hard it is. Like, so I think that's what we're trying to do is just normalize those discussions and say, look, your twenties are hard. Everyone is figuring it out. You're not supposed to know everything. Mm. Um, and yeah, like just lower the anxiety levels somewhat. (laughs) (laughs) So interesting. And I've got so many sort of elements of that, that I want to unpick. So I will come back to you on that, but just thinking about you for a sec as the entrepreneur that you've become and, you know, your kind of personal brand, if you like, has, you know, skyrocketed. I've been watching your journey when I started my podcast and I was doing my little market research, seeing what other podcasters are out there. Like you were, I think you were one of the first people that I followed actually. And I was like, oh, they're doing cool stuff. They look and feel brilliant. Um, and I've obviously seen that grow from a podcast into a business. And now mm-hmm. you're, you know, pitching to Google and doing all this like amazing mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but looking back, like, how do you connect those dots? Like you've got an interesting career path and I'm just like interested in how you kind of mm. are piecing it all together. I'm still piecing it all together. I think one of the most like clearest things that I can remember is that I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I grew up. Like I had really no idea. So I always like to say like, I pretty much made up my own job because it didn't exist when I was a little girl. Like that, what I'm doing right now didn't exist. I'm building Mm. something that is different to, you know, that I feel is like missing from the world. Um, So I think I've kind of gone from like, like university and a student, whatever, to then teacher, to then working in the corporate world and side hustling and being a creator, to then quitting and being like self-employed, to then becoming an entrepreneur and having a team. (laughs) And that's all within the space of like seven years. So it really has been quite a big transformative journey to kind of get to where I am quite right now, to be honest. And how much of that was planned, if any? Like, were no. you winging it? <laughs> winging it, winging it all the way. Isn't everyone winging it? Like, how you can't really be like, oh, on this date, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And on this date, you know, obviously everyone's got like a, a f- you know, they tend to think a few years ahead, but I also mm. kind of feel weirdly pulled in this direction. Like I, I'm already further along than I ever imagined Talk 20s would be. So it is kind of a bit of like, what's next? And like, now I feel like I'm really being pulled into the direction of like, you know, much more of like the entrepreneur business side of things where we're talking about raising investment and building a product for our audience and all of those kind of things. And the tech side of things, never in a million years did I think as a like student or a teacher that I would be building like an app or a website. I just didn't imagine any of those things. So I think, yeah, I just keep putting one foot in front of the other and then seeing like, where is the best next step to go each time? So yeah. Looking back though, does it make sense if you were to look at like younger Gabby, were there like glimmers of entrepreneurialism or, you know, entrepreneurship? I don't know which one's the right word to use in this case, but like, either. you know what I mean? <laughs> I think I've always had like, I, I always said like when I went into teaching straight from university, like I was totally missing the, like, I have a business head on my shoulders. Like I was totally missing the elements of like, yeah, I guess I always have been like business minded, mm. but I also think that I didn't, um, 
I, I didn't think business in the best possible way. Like I haven't had loads of business role models to look up to. I never studied business. I never, um, you know, my parents aren't business owners or any of those things. So I also think that I'm massively self-taught in like everything that I've done. So I'm just an inquisitive individual as it is. Um, so everything is kind of like, yeah, like you say, like winging it or just finding really strong mentors that can point you in the right direction as well, because yeah, I think I have always had an entrepreneurial bone in my body and a natural tendency to mm. try and like, you know, a lot of entrepreneurial, a lot of being an entrepreneur is like being prepared to take risks. And I definitely think I have that tendency in me to go, I believe in this, I'm willing to take the risk sort of thing. So yeah, there definitely are like traits for sure. And resourcefulness by the sounds of it. I mean, it takes a good entrepreneur to know when to ask for help and find mentors or people that can enable you, I guess, which yeah. is what you've done. Yeah, definitely. I think I'm always looking for like ways to ask for help or people like guidance and stuff like that, or just putting yourself out there and people quite often not turn around and say like, can I help you? Like, you know, and offering yeah. that support instead of like actually asking for it, like just being like, oh, this is what I'm doing. And they're like, oh, well, if you need help in this and I'll be like, I might just take you up on that offer. Like, do you know what I mean? So I, I definitely think like resourcefulness is, is definitely key. And I guess I kind of always, always been like that. Amazing. Yeah, I think I agree with that. It wasn't until I actually started, you know, podcasting and put myself out there where people reached out to me and said, Hey, I'm like an audio engineer from BBC. I might be able mm -hmm. to help you with like which microphone to buy or just like yeah. people can be quite helpful if you put 100%. yourself out there enough. Um, so that's interesting. So mm -hmm. you, you kind of ended up in teaching, um, mm -hmm. and teaching is like a difficult career to go, to yeah. go after. Like you've got to take a lot of, um, I don't know what the word is. It's not so much you've got to take risks, but you've got to really think about it because it is kind of a career that requires a lot of work. That makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. You know, with all the placements and studying lots of different things. And I don't know how, how you did it, but what drew you to educating or teaching? Yeah, it's quite a, it's quite a, 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 a long-ish story as in like, I didn't really know what I wanted to do when like at GCSE, I found it really hard to narrow down my subjects at A-level, found it even harder. And then choosing one degree that you're going to do for the rest of your life was like kind of like impossible. So I found this course at the University of Birmingham that was called Culture, Citizens and Education. And it was all about how we how we learn as humans, how we grow, society, politics, history, sociology, psychology. It was a bit of everything and it was so interesting. And so I signed up. I was like, I think this is the course that I'm going to do, like culture, citizens, education. Great. Signed up and they were like, oh, just to let you know, we're renaming the course to just be a education, which <laughs> made it look like I was just training to be a teacher and I was like, they were like, but the content hasn't changed. It's just that that's what we're calling it. And I was just like, Oh, but I'm not joining this because I want to be a teacher. Um, I remember going to like careers fairs and stuff like that. And like going over to like, I don't know, like Aldi or, um, what are the other ones like PwC or, or the, or the big, big like grad jobs and be like, hi, I'm like really interested in your job. And they're like, great. What do you study? Like economics or business or politics? And I'd be like education. And they'd be like, teach first is over there. Like genuinely, like I used to get like it put into this immediate box and it used to frustrate me. And I got, I, I ended up getting like really anxious towards the end of my degree and really struggling with anxiety because I was like, I don't want to be a teacher, but everyone's telling me I've got to be a teacher. My mum was like, you should go and be a teacher. I think you'd be a great teacher. And I was like, I probably would, but I just don't feel like it's me. So I did graduate and go and train to be a teacher. Uh, I went and taught in a secondary school and, um, 
hated every second of it. If I'm being totally honest with you, I, yeah, a trainer was a secondary school French teacher. Um, my first year was horrifying. I had the worst mentor going, like she was just, oh gosh. Yeah. Just so unsupportive. Um, and yeah, it wasn't really good. My second year, so much better. I still am friends with my whole department. Like I adore them. They are amazing humans and, um, they're all still teaching, but in different, different places now and really still very close with them. So I had a much better experience in my second year, but just knew that it wasn't like right for me. But in my second year, I was given a form of six form students and they were asking me questions like questions like miss, what's the difference between a credit card and a debit card or miss what's the difference, you know, miss what I want to do this with my career. How do I go about it? Or what do I need to know about moving out of home for the first time and all of these different things that like nobody teaches you and I was like there's a problem here that like no one is helping people once they're out of university and stuff like that Mm. so I thought I'll head off and try and solve that problem so yeah that's really where the like education background came from that's so interesting because I guess you have in my head I would have gone oh maybe I should be a therapist or a life coach or but you kind of went into like a business opportunity rather than like a different career path so I think that's quite interesting that's actually true I didn't even think about that I was like yeah I must solve this problem with a business rather than oh I'll just go and change to something I maybe enjoy more yeah Yeah. true because you were in the business of helping people through Mm -hmm. teaching so I would have naturally gone maybe I'll go down like the pastoral care or something Mm -hmm. Uh, so you, what did you do next? So you saw, so you're having these kind of, I think sixth form is a great, by the way, like I used mm. to do camp America and I was obsessed with that I kind of age. America. Did you? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I was, how many years? I did four years. I only did the one, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Loved I loved it. I love that. Cause I find kind of connecting with younger people in, mm-hmm. in the least weird way possible, yeah. like a really fulfilling, rewarding experience. And mm-hmm you know it's actually my campers that reach out to me on on instagram being like i love what you're doing it's so cool yeah like bless them but yeah um so what did you do next because you've got this teaching career and it's a huge thing in your first couple of years of graduating i certainly know what i was like and i was an anxious wreck Mm -hmm. like what how did you go about creating something new or different yeah so i left teaching um after two years handed in my notice and then i kind of really took it to, went like tried to move into the corporate world and um someone asked me like earlier actually um you know what did i do to like sidestep into a new career and i did not sidestep i started at the bottom again like in like a job where i was on the same level as like graduates so bearing in mind i'd just been a teacher for two years and i was walked into a role that was like minimum like starting wage with other graduates and stuff like that just because i wanted out and i wanted to be in the corporate world um but quickly like moved on and found my way up quicker than everyone else if that makes sense what industry was that so that was in events and I thought talk 20s was going to be an event that's the thing I was like I think this problem can be solved by a really big event like or a workshop or something like that so I genuinely set off for talk 20s to be that and had this whole idea I thought we're going to take over the NEC I don't know if you've ever been to the clothes show have you ever been to the clothes show in Birmingham it's an old it's an old like event that they used to do at the NEC if anyone's listening and they remember it they'll know but it was just like took over like the whole of the NEC all the different halls so many different stands and I thought oh wouldn't it be great if like all these businesses could be there and they could support young people and I had this yeah yeah, great idea still want to do that but I launched in January 2020 and we all know where we were in March 2020 yeah so had to pivot my idea 
and launched the Talk Twenties podcast. And it's just kind of really snowballed from there, really. So I was still in my events job doing it as a side hustle mm. along the way and then moved into to kind of doing it full time and, and like really like diving in deep and going, yeah, this is a business. And I, I think that's the bit that's so interesting though, because I'm someone who works full time and has mm-hmm. a podcast and I find it borderline impossible to like manage yeah. my life. Um, but you took it quite seriously. I mean, not that I'm not taking it seriously, but you te- you took it to a, to a, a place where you were so heavily invested. And for anyone who knows anything about podcasting, it's not something that can be monetized that quickly. Mm. Uh, and it's, well, in 2020, it was probably less saturated, but it's becoming a very busy place to be mm-hmm. um, for amazing reasons because uh, we all love podcasts. But how, so you're, you're basically side hustling, doing podcasts. I'm assuming you're doing it virtually? Or? Yeah, in the pandemic, I was recording over Zoom. And then, yeah, I did like the occasional one when there was like periods where we were allowed to be free. Like that was a weird time, wasn't it? When, yeah, <laughs> like so, tier three, tier two, tier yeah. one. Like, <laughs> what did we do in all that time? So yeah, I did. I tried to get like in a situation where we were like in person. And then um, I found a studio in the, in Liverpool near where I am. Yeah. And um, I was only just going to record one episode there because I was just like, this person was from Liverpool. And I was like, oh, we'll be cool to do it in person. And then just ended up staying. And now they've evolved and they've got bigger and bigger and bigger. And we've kind of grown up at the same time in terms of the business has grown up at the same time as, as the studio has grown. Um, so that's really cool. Um, and that's worked out really, really nicely. Um, and yeah, that kind of just, uh, and, and then I got to the point where I was really struggling to juggle, probably the exact same position as you are mm. and was like, am I going to take the leap of faith? It's a good question. Mm. And you did take the leap of faith, I did. but what was the, <laughs> what, what, <laughs> what was the, you know, again, maybe this is my risk averse head uh, on mm. and the anxious 20 something in me at the time I'm obviously not 20 something anymore but what uh what were you thinking about money I was I had a little bit of savings um in terms of what could see me through and I told my mum and dad um that basically in my current job like in events you work like it, it it's insanely crazy around the time of the event so like you might have a normal nine to five for six months of the year but like in the month leading up to that, you would, it would, it's, you can't do anything else. Like you, you just, it's all of that. And they were, my, my role was just, just putting more and more pressure on me. Like I dropped down to four days to like firmly, like to, to kind of do that kind of hybrid approach. And within like a month, they were like, yeah, you're going to have to come back full time, like to, to work on the event. Like we need you back full time. And I was like, but you've just signed off like me doing four days. So it was kind of a point of like, I either go back full time or I, or I break away with giving them enough time to get someone else in before the event. And like, so I I took that leap of faith earlier than I probably would have planned because I would have liked to have probably continued the four days or gone down to three days. And really like, you know, that would have been the ideal, but that life Mm. doesn't work out that way. Also, thank God you did then because maybe you would have invested as much time and effort into. Yeah. I think everything everything happens for a reason. And I'm not going to say that like financially, like life has been easy breezy, like Mm. since like, like leaving and stuff like that, it is difficult 
to navigate and I'm very lucky I have an extremely supportive partner and we kind of take it in turns to be the strong stable one in terms of our job and like bringing in like you know regular income Mm. and the other one to go okay I think I'm going to change or change into this job and just see how it goes or I'm gonna in my case quit my full-time job and try and you know freelance and, and and build up the business in that kind of way so I'm very lucky in that respect and very privileged as well I would say to to have that opportunity to be able to do that but like yeah savings working very closely with my partner on managing things and now we're in a position that I don't have to worry about money but you know it's it, it's not it's not an easy thing to do for sure but I think if you believe in something strongly enough it's going to happen it's going to you'll work. find a way yeah mm-hmm. that that's um, that's really interesting because i think like you said i think everything happens for a reason and there was like a perfect gap in your kind of career path which gave you kind of a clear kind of green light to go forth and conquer your your dream and i guess at the time of producing podcasts you in your head already based on what you said had already thought about the monetization side of it anyway like it was always going to be a business it was never just going to be a podcast right yeah, I think because I'd started with the events idea, yeah, it was always going to be a business. It was it was never going to be, oh, I just would really fancy talking to people about their 20s. Like <laughs> it was never just that because it was always like, how can I turn this into a, a business that solves this problem? And then yeah. a podcast just became the biggest, well, pretty much the biggest part that we do or the most successful part of, of what we do for sure. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I ended up with it. And I guess coming in from that approach meant I, I looked at it from a business perspective yeah and then what did you do in the way of like marketing and PR because I feel like I've had a few people on the podcast now who uh, have done an incredible job at building their personal brands and some people kind of get it and some people kind of don't and it's also interestingly one of those things that are never really spoken about at university or in the corporate world personal branding and I know our our favorite Stephen Bartlett talks about, you know, invisible PR. Mm-hmm. And is that something you were aware of in your early days? Because you've you've managed to get quite a lot of coverage and and mm-hmm. PR. Yeah. My partner always says this about me. He's like, you're really good at just doing PR. He was like, if you ever, if it ever doesn't work out for you in business, just go into PR. And I was like, well, thanks for the vote of confidence there, babe. Um, but yeah, like I, I definitely think that that is huge. And like, Invisible PR is like one of those things where people will bring your name up within a room where you're not there. Like, I think that's what Stephen Barlett often refers to when he talks about invisible PR. And it's like, how can we be that person, that, that organization or that business that people go, have you heard of talk twenties? Like, and, and that's what we're always trying to constantly do. It's funny because I really, I, I'm a big believer in like, if you see this happening for you, like for you to keep a little memo, because it's those small moments that often are really big signals that you're doing a really good job. So I have a little folder on my phone that's called like the hype files. Um, it's like a screen, I just screenshot, like it's just screenshots of things that have happened that I think are good. And whenever someone sends in a nice message about your podcast, James, or like, you know, sends you a message be like, Oh, I saw you on X, Y, Z or a little reason to go. Someone's actually thought really highly of what I'm doing and what I'm building, screenshot it, put it in the hype files. Right. But an example of this is like, for example, I'm going to an event next week and someone's at, someone's been asked to organize my like hotel and whatever or that to organize it. And she sent me an email saying, Oh yeah, so-and-so has asked me to organize all of this for you. 
by the way, I already knew who you were because I'd seen you on Bricks and Disorders um, episodes and I like really love them and stuff like that. And she'd seen a previous guest. She was like, so I, I, I already knew who you were before I was asked to then sort this out oh. for you. And I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. And I think the more that people tell you those things, it's it's important to hold on to those little moments. Yes, of course, a newspaper article is fantastic. Yes, of course, there's little th- things like that. But it's it's when someone brings you up in conversation like that and they go, actually, I saw you here or actually, I saw you there that I think is is important to celebrate and be like, oh, that's, that's really great that someone goes, puts two and two together. Like, that's great. Yeah, million percent. And, and also like recognizes like the journey, I, yeah. I, I find. Like, I think it's all good. Like, I'm sure you're the same, but like, I don't sit there and like look at how many listens I get on a daily basis. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, like, yeah. when you get the DM from someone that says, just to let you know, like, this podcast episode really resonated with me and I've shared yeah. it with my friends and family and keep doing what you're doing because I love it. Mm-hmm. And they've said that to you on a one on one. I think like that to me, it, and I'm sure it's the same for you, like, means everything and more. A hundred percent. It's the reason why you do it, isn't it? Like, because numbers going up means bloody nothing. Yeah, it literally means nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, that's that's interesting. And what? And you've already mentioned like your partner being supportive. Like when you told your mum who wanted you to be a teacher that you were no longer going to be a teacher and actually you got a corporate job and you know didn't really fancy that and now you're going to talk to people about their twenties. Like, what what was kind of the response that that she gave you? Um. They they are my biggest cheerleaders, to be oh. fair. They are very supportive. But their first question is, well, how are you going to do this financially? Like, how, how are you going to survive? And I was like, I've got enough money for six months. And then if it's not working out in six months, I will go back to another job. And I kind of struck a deal. And yeah, and that's how, and we just moved from there, really. And not going to lie, even the first six months, I don't, I don't think I actually really sorted things out within the first six months I think it really did was a 12 month situation before I was really like okay I'm like I'm good now like I got like enough it was a tricky 12 months Mm. but not like worth it for where I am now if that makes sense so yeah like supportive but also raising like a hmm how are you actually gonna do that sort of thing yeah it's amazing because sometimes I feel like and it's it's one of those things that that's often said in the corporate world, but if it's not measured, it doesn't get done or if it's yeah. not tracked, it doesn't get done. So the fact that you'd set yourself a six month goal almost or a 12 month objective, mm-hmm. you didn't have an option to fail because no. you needed money coming in. So I kind of almost think that it is a leap of faith. And sometimes mm-hmm. when you've got one foot in the door, and one foot out the door, you're never going to really win. You've got to be a hundred percent committed yeah and I I think there's also benefits from people who you're working with seeing that you're fully invested in what you're doing as well like I, I definitely think like for sponsors and stuff like that and partners that we work with if I was just going, oh, let me just chat to you on my lunchtime. Yeah. I, I think they would go, we're not going to pay the big bucks to to partner with you. If you know what I mean, we want to see that this is something that you're working on daily. That is your bread and butter, like all of that kind of stuff. Um, so it's, that's, that's all perspective though, isn't it? Like it's, it's all perspective really. Like, I mean, yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. And you know, as someone who kind of does look work in the marketing sponsorship world, it's, it's exactly that you kind of want someone to be absolutely committed to the cause. Mm-hmm. If, if a brand is going to part, you know, their marketing pounds with you, you've got to be absolutely invested in, you know, supporting them, you know, trying to earn your keep as it, mm-hmm. as it were. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And, and what about you as a kind of public speaker and talker? Because 
podcasting is hard work um, and interviewing people and researching and putting your face and voice out there in, in on audio and video and pitching like how do you do you have are you naturally extroverted and confident does that come naturally and easily to you um i'm a chatter for sure um i i, I think a lot of like my, so my team would probably say that like the reason that they wanted to join talk 20s and work the company is because they liked me as an individual which i've they've said to me before i'm genuinely not like just saying that to like boost my ego yeah. um but i think i think that the, if you can show I don't think it's it's because of me as as a person. I think it's more me plus the cause and like how much I believe in it, like how much I believe that we should be talking about our 20s and how much I believe in that. Me as an individual less is in, less interesting but me passionate about what I'm actually doing brings out this side of me where I'm like yes I'm going to change the world whereas like me talking about what I'm going to have for dinner like we were chatting beforehand about me having nachos not interesting like I don't think it's necessarily me as an individual I think it's me plus what I'm trying to build that is interesting because you know I'm not like I wouldn't be like good on like a reality tv show just chatting rubbish about nothing like I genuinely think it's like because I'm so invested in what I'm trying to build that I I come across as appealing to brands or listeners or people mm. who are working with or on the team and stuff like that. I think that's really common in thought leaders. I think they come alive and there's a spark within them when they're talking about their specialist subject. But outside of the specialist subject, they're kind of like, yeah, they're interesting people to mm. have at a dinner party. But I think they you know th- there's something yeah. in them that is so passionate and so dedicated about their thing mm-hmm. um so that that makes total sense mm-hmm. who do, who do you go for who do you go to for kind of mentorship or advice do you have like a solid network of people where you are kind of confiding in them for business support podcast support that sort of thing yeah definitely I'm big on networking I think networking is so important so I have like so many people that I can go to I'll always if I don't know the answer to something I'll know someone who will and I'm not afraid to kind of be like you know could you just help me help us out with this or whatever I think it's a really positive skill set to have especially in your 20s because you you definitely don't or shouldn't think that you know everything um so yeah I'm very fortunate and I I have really close close knit group of other entrepreneur friends as well that I you know adore and love their businesses as if they were probably my own and I would think they would probably say the same about talk 20s as well so you feel kind of invested and so if that you know if we ever have a problem or something that you just can't quite work through just going for dinner with them and just chatting it through like how things going and just chit-chatting and getting to a solution to the problem by just being able to chat it through with someone who you know is in similar positions to you I think is so valuable totally yeah being around a community of like-minded people should never be under underestimated it's why I also think that the this whole metaverse business won't really take off because people still want to be in the same room as someone else but it's probably a podcast for another time it's true like maybe the pandemic is 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 another example like we've just gone back to life before the pandemic so obviously we all want to be the nothing's really that significantly different like maybe more digital but that's it really I actually think I'm more busy than I was before Mm-hmm. like I have like the diary just doesn't stop that yeah. makes me sound like I'm super popular and everyone's seen me they don't but it's like dinners brunches lunches exactly. like I'm like exactly. oh god I can't bear it and I, I still I have a conspiracy that like we are in having a bit of a hangover from the pandemic and there was a bit of a panic 
button in mm-hmm. everyone that's just like oh my god I need to see everyone before yeah. like I get told I have to stay indoors for another two years type thing um on on that note though I'm interested to get kind of your kind of I don't know if there's like three or five kind of key things that you wish you knew in your 20s mm-hmm. uh, that you know now like if if you could like cast your mind back and you know you talked about having anxiety during your 20s and I mm-hmm. think everyone like I certainly did like life is shit in your 20s mm-hmm. um but for me, I don't know, maybe my kind of issues were different to your issues. I, I don't know mm. if there is universal problems out there in everyone's 20s, but I'm just interested in what your kind of, yeah. you know, gripes were with life. I think I think it comes down to like, um, like feeling unconfident in yourself is a huge thing and confident and confident in who you are and where you're going and what you're doing and not really knowing if the path you're taking is the right one. I think that's really like a big anxiety inducing experience um and a lot of people never really know but I think it's just to learn to kind of trust the process um I think you worry about a lot of things in in your early 20s and um to know that like you know my 20s at the beginning were shit like but I'm 27 now and I would feel like really proud of that journey that I've been on and can look back and go oh it all makes sense looking back like I was supposed to do that I was supposed to do that rubbish job because I was. It, it led me onto this, or it led me onto that. So I think, like, just knowing that things things have maybe happen for a reason as well. I think mm. in terms of the practical side of things, um, learning how to manage my finances better and understand, um, you know, better ways to manage my money and not to 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 spend frivolously or you know. Is that the way it word? Fr- fr- yeah, 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 frivolous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and to learn more about how money works, um, how the world, how it makes the world go round. Um, I'm big on understanding a lot more about that. And I knew nothing about that growing up, wasn't really interested, like what's economics, boring. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas now I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. This market has crashed, which has meant this, this, and this. And it's like, if you can look at you now, they'd be like, who the hell are you? So yeah. Yeah, like I find I do find all of that quite like quite interesting now. And I think that the earlier I would have got into it, the better. And then also like we chatted about it before, but the networking thing, just how much you don't even realize that your network is working for you every single day of the year that invisible PR like the more people that you can share your story with the more people that you can speak to and support like I also feel like I try and support the people who I connect with in as many ways as I can. Like I want to be that person that brings up another person's name in a room that I know is going to benefit them, you know, um, and, and kind of be that support system so that, you know, it's, it's give and take sort of thing. So I think if you can have that attitude in your twenties, I think, I think you'll go really far because people will start to bring your name up in a room of people as well, where, you know, it's really valuable. Is the goal then to kind of, I don't know how to position this. Is the goal to not let 20, 20 somethings go through all of that? Is your goal to kind of save them from the hardship of not knowing much about money, being more confident in their relationships and I don't know who they are, their views mm-hmm. on the world? Are you trying to just kind of encourage them and empower them so that they don't have to sit there in their university bedrooms or even their living with their parents two years after uni wondering like what the point of life is? you've literally just summed it up like our whole purpose like that is essentially what we want to do inevitably you're going to go through some of that but as much of the anxiety we can reduce out of that moment by providing you with 
advice or guidance, or maybe you just don't even need that. Maybe you just need to listen to someone else who's been through similar things to go, oh, this is normal what I'm experiencing. Like that is essentially what the whole the whole goal is. And hopefully we start bringing that conversation around life skills and how important they are. Like, you know, we're talking about soft skills. We're not just talking about how to, you know, learn how to cook pasta or something like that. We're talking about general like life skills that can, uh, you know, it's not academic. It's not about what you did in your GCSE. It's not about what you did in A-level. It's about the person that you are um, and talking about that conversation and, and making it a normal part of like growing up in your twenties, basically. Yeah. Because I think different people's pennies drop at different moments. Like mm. for me, I was this sort of like annoying person who was applying for like grad schemes six months before the deadline. And I was researching kind of internships and summer schemes that I never got onto in my second year. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I was, I did um, a module in career management and career development in my third year, partly mm-hmm. because it was easy, partly because I'm like a bit a natural careerist. But I think some people become that person after uni some people happen before same with investments like I still know nothing about investments despite Mm. working in a bank and despite interviewing two money bloggers and reading stuff like it's just not the way my brain works so I think yeah I just think there's got to be like a plethora of content and resources for you or -hmm. anyone at any point in their journey because Mm -hmm. we all kind of meet things at different times I reckon Definitely. We like say like, we're like the money saving expert of life skills. So we've all been, we've all been on money saving experts website at some stage, haven't we, for different reasons. Yeah. 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 Shout out to Martin. Shout out Martin. (laughs) Um, I think we all just want an easy life as well. Because I think what money saving expert does is removes the friction. Like it Mm -hmm. moves the complications. Like, you know, you just want a website or an app to be like, right, here are the top five things you need to know about credit cards. And here's why my friends, by the way, in their 30s still don't know why credit cards, why, well, I'm not going to put out credit advice, but Mm. why credit cards can be beneficial over debit cards, for example, because why would they, when, at what point in their life would they have been told that? Exactly. Exactly. Who's te- who? Like, who's educating people on this? Yeah, same with mortgages. I still don't know how mortgages work, just by having one for eight years. Like, mm-hmm. why? Like, what? What's the variable rate, fixed rate? All of these things. Like, so true. Oh, I just love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about you and like looking after yourself in like as a business owner, and you're still in your twenties, so you are kind of like your target market as well. Mm-hmm. And we know like there's been a huge, I guess boom maybe in social media like the rise of tiktok and influencers and reality tv because i think being a 20 year old now is actually different to when i was a 20 year old Mm -hmm. what kind of things are you seeing um come up from like an anxiety mental health perspective and i guess the follow-on to that is like what do you do to look after yours yeah i think like the whole um you have to just go into like the comparison side of social media like i think everyone's you know a lot of social media is about everyone's like smashing life and doing great things and doing amazing things it's very hard to avoid that kind of side of social media media you're always going to get that and i think that puts a definite certain amount of pressure on young people to be achieving xyz or just you're just there in your pajamas you're hungover on a sunday and you're just there watching 
you know, RuPaul's Drag Race and then you're just scrolling and, and someone's just bought a house or they've just had a baby or they've just been promoted and you're like, oh my God, in this moment, I'm doing nothing like with my life. And like, of course you're doing great things. And of course you've got those moments which are fantastic as well, but it's really hard to constantly bomb- be bombarded with other people's success. Like short, like that shouldn't be a, like, that wasn't a thing for our parents' generation. So I think it it puts this weird anxiety pressure on like, should I always be on? Should I always be answering my phone? Should I always be saying yes to whatever opportunity comes my way? Should I be actively building my personal brand? I think there's actually a real big pressure around building your personal brand that is actually somewhat toxic um, in terms of like young people, when you've just graduated, you do not need to be posting on LinkedIn like every single day of the week. Like that's just my view. Um, help, get good stuff, helpful stuff. Yes, but like- yeah, that's that's my personal view. I don't disagree at all. I don't yeah. disagree at all. Yeah, and and I and I think there's a lot of pressure around around social media in in, in your twenties, and and I, it's not going away though. So we need to find a way that we can um, can work and ha- can live like ha- have healthy relationship with that as well. Yeah, it's it's really. I go through phases, and I and I'm and I'm st- still to this day I haven't really figured out my view on it. I think it's toxic. I think social media is toxic or can mm. be toxic. You've got to be super um, empowered and focused on curating the sort of social media feed that you want to see. So if that means unfollowing people or if that means removing yourself from like, I, I, there's certain settings on Instagram, for example, where you can say like, see less of this mm-hmm. or, you know, but unfortunately the TikTok algorithm is super powerful. <laughs> so it, mm-hmm. but yeah. generally speaking, I think people leave TikTok a little bit happier yeah, than I, they do on Instagram. I think Instagram is like, can be quite toxic and i think you know the examples that you you read out just there will resonate with so many people listening you know sitting there and i've been i was literally was there this weekend like looking mm-hmm. at a nice time on bonfire night and i'm like yeah. sitting in bed alone like ordering a mm-hmm. delivery living my best life mm-hmm. um but you've got to you've got to just remember that you know i think your time will come stop victimizing yourself you, like you're not you know the world's not against you and you know you should just remember your strengths and be grateful for what you do have those sorts mm-hmm. of things do you fall, do you find yourself falling into that trap yourself and if you do like what what do you do to to overcome it yeah i think i go through phases of like it really affected me and then it really like being like me being fine about it Mm. And I think it's weird because in those phases where I'm seeing everyone else's greatness, I'm not posting on social media myself. Like it puts me actually even off being a creator myself because I'm like feeling really inwardly, inwardly rubbish about myself. So I'm like, why would I want to outwardly say like I'm doing great? Um, so I think that's kind of like quite an interesting perspective, but for me, like I, I definitely still struggle there. And I think the best thing is to, to set boundaries with your, with your time that you spend on social media, with the people that you follow. Um, you know, my phone goes into like not sleep mode or whatever, but like 10 PM, like I try and avoid going on social media and on, I, I feel rubbish if I go on social media first thing in the morning. So just try and avoid it. Um, so yeah. And I think I'm very, I, I, I do curate, curate my feed in terms of very inspiring people, but someone could be inspiring and be like, Oh, I love what they're doing. This could inspire X, Y, Z one day. And then I could see a post the next day and it's like, Oh, actually this makes me feel rubbish about what I'm building. So it's kind of a, you're never going to be 100%, you know, yeah. I think it's just, it's just the best way you can look at it is to work on yourself and feel happy in yourself 
and then that's how you'll you'll be okay like if you're that that's my situation anyway i think that's really sound advice and like really relevant i love that do you set yourself boundaries do you kind of have weekends off or do you find yourself emailing at weekends and doing naughty things doing naughty things uh i have done no i no i I don't do it now um but in the past i think it's hard when you're going from like um like side hustle and doing it alongside a job to then moving into like like you know solo entrepreneur life and stuff like that it's hard to drop that but since I've had a team like we were actually just chatting about it last night and um you know one of our team was like oh like I you know I'd probably go and do some work now and me and the other me and Georgia literally looked at them was like no you're not it's past 5 p.m like we're done for the day now and like really trying to put those boundaries in place because we want to run talk 20s like it's a business like we want people to have breaks that doesn't mean that we're not scrolling on social media sometimes and going oh this would be a great idea and like pinging it to the group like that that's you know we're always in a way kind of getting inspiration but we don't want to actively be promoting working beyond your working day because i think it's really important to have a work-life balance Totally. And that's actually, you know, looking at the research from younger people, interestingly, like when you look at graduates who are looking for grad schemes, like Mm. I've heard lots of stories from my friends who work in the corporate world of just like Gen Z, like closing their laptops down at five o'clock and walking out. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, the millennial boss is like, what are you doing? And he's like, Mm -hmm. five o'clock, like you ain't paying me overtime yeah. that I'm leaving yeah. so I think you know I've, I'm seeing signs that the younger generation coming through from university are actually more empowered mm-hmm. uh, and, and value work-life balance over this hustle porn mentality and I actually look at people like Gary Vee and Stephen Bartlett who kind of are doing really smart things and I don't know if it's just a branding exercise or not but like you'll never see them in a suit and tie they're always mm-hmm. dressed in shorts and t-shirts and they they value flexibility the businesses that they build give you free lunches and you know mm-hmm. flexi time you get your birthday off and i think those are the sorts mm-hmm. of things that are really valuable for all employees I, I kind of wish they were more universal and i'm a massive advocate of the four-day week as well mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and i think building my own team now i definitely want to have that kind of element of like you know we should you should be like you shouldn't what's the phrase you should work to live not live to work sort of yeah. thing yeah and film how to bring your best self to work as well mm-hmm. like don't feel like you have to be a different person exactly. and that's one of the biggest lessons I learned in my career and I've been in the same job for nine and a half years but like only in the last three I'd say was I being more authentically true to myself because I yeah. felt like I walked up to work on my first in my grad job with a briefcase wearing a suit and tie and it's like what the fuck wow like, wow yeah now I wear shorts and t-shirts and I'm like mm-hmm. yo hey like yeah and I think that's the best thing like allowing your your team to be their you know authentic selves is so important so important so I ask all my guests uh, at the end of each episode to write a little letter or give some advice to their younger selves and I always look forward to this segment of of the episodes because everyone approaches it so differently and I think you've got a really interesting journey um Mm. in such a short amount of time as well and you are of course still so young and i hope that doesn't sound patronizing no like thank you thanks (laughs) i'll take that keep the moisturizer someone said i looked 21 last week and i honestly could have kissed them genuinely i actually was thinking like i had to look it up before we start recording because i thought you were about 23 oh yes get in there where are all these compliments coming from everyone's saying this to me 
like I've given up my skincare routine. I don't yeah. even have one. <laughs> you start promoting do some brand deals with some like serums or something. <laughs> Um, there's money to be made no but yeah no you are obviously you've got an incredibly smart head on your shoulders as well like you speak like you're you know older older than your years if that's the right phraseology Mm -hmm. um so yeah super interested to hear what the advice your younger self would be so have you got something prepared for me yeah i it's not really it's more of like a a reassurance because I think younger me was like I told you like a very anxious person didn't know what they wanted to do with their lives so I kind of wrote it from that angle if that's okay I Um, love that angle so yeah so it says um dear younger Gabby first of all future you is okay you're happy and you're enjoying everything life has to offer and that's something you were very scared wouldn't happen for you growing up I know that as the teenager you are, you have absolutely no idea what you want to be when you grow up. Future you is so unknown. You're half decent at a lot of things, but you're struggling to find that one thing to cling on to, but stop looking for one thing. The job you'll end up having doesn't even exist right now. The business you're building is beyond what you could could have imagined and you're surrounded by amazing people too. Don't dim your light, don't hide who you are, and don't be ashamed of who you are. You are brilliant. You will find your purpose. You just need to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Thank you for getting me to where I am today. Love, Future Gabby. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. That was very reassuring. I think that was kind of advisory, like, you know, giving the pat on the back and saying it will be okay. And I think it's something that we all needed to hear. Like, it's almost like, the inner child in us is so wounded that we just needed an older person to pat you on the back and be like, it's going to be okay. I promise you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. How did it feel writing it? Um, yeah, like quite emotional because I think I'm, I'm, I'm definitely like going through a lot at the moment where I keep being asked to look back, like in a lot of different scenarios. Um, and so I think I feel like quite in tune with like who I was when I was younger. Um, and so it kind of felt like I needed to write that letter. So thank you for, for making it part of your podcast. Cause I think it's so valuable. And, and I think, yeah, like I, I think I needed to read that as a as a young individual who felt completely lost and and like I didn't fit in in the world at all. No, and you should post it or frame it or do something <laughs> with it as well yeah, because it's yeah, so yeah. beautifully written. But are you proud of everything you've achieved? Yeah, definitely. Like uh, I, I think you know, I think every twenty something should be proud of what they've achieved. Like we're all we're all learning, we're all growing, and you know, everyone is doing you know, brilliant things, even if you don't feel they are brilliant, you absolutely will be making at least someone else's life, you know, a joy, like, you know, being your just presence on the earth is so valuable. Um, and so I think it's about trying to feel that as much as you possibly can. So yeah, I would, I would say that every 20 something should be, well, every, every person should be proud of themselves. What an amazing note to end on. Gabby, thank you so much for joining me today. That was amazing. Loved every second of it. Oh, thank you so much for having me and for your amazing podcast. I love it. So thank you for having me, James. No, thank you. Good to see you. And hopefully we'll see each other in person very soon. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Thanks, Gabby. Thank you. Thank you, as always, for taking the time out to watch or listen to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I did making it. And of course, a huge thank you to Gabby for taking the time out of her incredibly busy schedule. For me, it was a true honour and privilege to be able to sit down with her for an hour and ask her lots of questions. 
And if you enjoyed it, please don't forget you can rate or review this podcast from wherever you're listening from. And it would really mean the world to me. So if you could take a couple of seconds after this podcast to head over and just leave a five-star rating, that would be great. And until next time, take care, stay safe, and I will see you very, very soon.